The Rangers just finished off a perfect homestand going 6-0 and fly to Oakland looking to extend their season-long winning streak, but the flight wasn't as happy with some bad news they caught at the end of this game. We're talking about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Monday, August 7th. Your Rangers are 66 and 46, alone in first place, top the AOS with a two and a half game lead over those stinking Houston Astros. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, now the Rangers are riding a six-game winning streak, tying their longest winning streak of the season. They've had two different six-game winning streaks since the All-Star break. So the Rangers are picking up where they left off in the month of May after a just dreadful June and somehow an even worse July with some really rough moments there. But the Rangers are looking red hot at the plate, on the mound, in the bullpen, in the pretty much everywhere. This team looks like the best version of itself. The offense is looking much more like the team that was scoring 18 bajillion runs every single game. The starting pitching has improved. The bullpen feels trustworthy now and deep. It's just like, oh my gosh, everything is coming up Rangers, right? No. Not everything is coming up, Rangers. The Rangers got some really terrible news at the end of the Sunday game. Josh Young had to leave the game after taking a 109.4 mile per hour liner that he turned a brilliant double play on. Just absolutely smashed, I believe it was by Jorge Soler. It hit him in the glove, so you thought, okay, he's he's probably fine. Everything's probably okay, but he came out immediately. Seems like it was precautionary. Everything's fine. Don't worry. Everything will be okay. Turns out they got some x-rays afterwards, and he has a fractured left thumb. It's looking like the timetable for recovery is somewhere between... Six weeks is is about the most common thing that I've seen, but it could end up taking longer. It could end up taking shorter. He's going to see a specialist. We'll get more into that in the second segment because I, I want to start with this 6-0 homestand, absolutely drubbing the hapless White Sox. And a, a Marlins team that is still in the playoff chase made some big acquisitions at the trade deadline, including a, a former Dallas Jesuit great Josh Bell and including Jake Berger. They made some acquisitions in the bullpen as well, and this looked like a team that was ready to compete and, and go for it in the playoffs. I mean, they had a little bit of a kind of fluke. It, their record was a little fluky with their one-run games, but the lineup looked solid. Their pitching is just about as good as anybody. I mean, Jesus Lazardo, the Rangers lit up on Friday, even though he had a mostly good start, eight strikeouts, five out of third innings, but allowed three home runs. The Rangers just went homer happy in this one. This is one part of their offense that wasn't really going a whole lot, even when their offense was at its peak. This was a team that was hitting like Barry Bonds with runners in scoring position, and when they weren't in June and July, the offense really dried up because they weren't hitting a whole lot of home runs. Well, they have been hitting home runs in bunches this weekend against the Fishes. Three home runs or more in every single game this weekend, including Corey Seager getting in on the action Dolce Garcia, getting very much in on the action Marcus Simeon, getting all the way up in the action, and Robbie Grossman, of course, because all he hits is huge clutch three-run homers. The Rangers rallying in the Saturday game, going down 5-0 after four innings, and 
battling back to drop three runs in the fourth, four runs in the fifth to already retake that league just real quick after losing it, and then just slamming the door shut, even with a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of nerves from Will Smith, a two-run homer to make it a one-run win, but hey, it gives the Rangers an extra one-run win, but this is what I'm talking about with this team. Even when John Gray didn't have the best performance, still it was only three earned runs total because of an error. He did have six strikeouts in his five and third innings of work on Saturday, and Jordan Montgomery, who had a really solid debut after a shaky first couple innings, that seemed like a trend with him and Max Scherzer, and he was only pulled after, I believe it was just, yeah, exactly 80 pitches because things got a little bit out of hand because the Rangers have relievers that they can trust in their bullpen. They brought in Josh Spores in the seventh inning after a couple of base runners got on. Didn't need to push Jordan Montgomery because, hey, we've got some relievers back there that you can trust, which is a hugely great thing for the Rangers. And two earned runs, six innings, six strikeouts for Jordan Montgomery and just one walk. That'll do. That'll do every single time out because you hand the pen over, you hand the ball over to this bullpen with you know, Josh Spores in the seventh and or all the Chapman in the eighth and then Will Smith in the ninth, that's gonna get you the job done most every time out there. The Rangers added some insurance runs later on in the sixth and or in the seventh inning just to make it a four run lead as opposed to a one run lead or a two run lead like it was at the time. So you could put in Chris Stratton in there for a couple of innings and Chris Stratton going multiple innings in uh, two of his outings this weekend was was really, really impressive to see. It wasn't necessarily the highest leverage situations, but good to see a right-handed reliever who can go out and get you multiple innings. Good to see Jose Leclerc out there in some low leverage situations as well. And just kind of knowing the roles of this bullpen, Bruce Bochy feels like he's kind of figured all that out and he's going to need to because this offense, which has been clicking, it's looking like Leody Tavares has been having much, much better at bats as of late. He had a multi-hit game, um, including his 20th double of the season, which was off of Jesus Lazardo, a really tough lefty. Good seeing that on him. Good seeing Marcus Simeon continue to be just incredibly red hot since the All-Star break in his last seven games, especially. He has just turned it to another level. Three home runs for him, hitting 370, and on base of 450, slugging 778 um, with four walks to three strikeouts in those last seven games. And in the last 30, he's got an on-base of 368. He's got a 350 on base for the season. In those last 30 games, he's slugging 504. Last 15 games, slugging over 600 with an on base just shy of 400. The guy has just been incredibly hot, and we know how hot Nathaniel Lowe can get in the second half. And it seems like we might be starting to get a turnaround from one of the most important bats, who's going to be one of the most important bats over the next couple of weeks, next month and a half, however long Josh Young is out in Ezekiel Durant. He was called into this game on Sunday after Josh Young had to exit with injury. He took over at shortstop, moved Josh Smith over to third base because Corey Seager was not in this one. We're going to talk more about his injury management and the other injuries the Rangers have sustained. But Ezekiel Duran blasts a massive home run right to dead center field. Actually, of all the four home runs, they each kept getting progressively longer. Nathaniel Lowe's um, was the shortest one, but a two-run homer. That one went 387 feet. Then Marcus Simeon fall with his 18th homer of the season. That was 405 feet. Then Zeke Duran comes in, his 14th homer, the first just the second he's had since July 1st. So really, really needed that homer in a big way. That one went 423 feet. And then, of course, Dolores Garcia says, well, I'm not going to let Zeke Duran have the longest home run of the day. He hits his 29th. 
444 feet, 105.8 miles an hour off the bat, just absolutely crushed like he had plenty of crushed home runs this weekend. Adolis Garcia hits his home runs in bunches, and this is the time the Rangers need it. Going into Oakland six on a six-game winning streak, could look to extend that and go into the weekend against the San Francisco Giants on a nine-game winning streak, which would be ideal because the Rangers are finally gaining some ground on the Astros, and it is very much going to be needed with these injuries that the Rangers have suffered. Coming up, we're going to look at what those injuries are, why the Rangers can sustain and survive despite having injuries to two of their, three of their all-star, four of their all-star players. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Dave. Finances can be so intimidating, and that's why you need Dave. Dave can make managing your money so much easier with interest-free extra cash advance, fee-free goal tracking, and easy ways to find a side hustle and make more money. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Extra cash gives you money to buy groceries, fill your tank, get your car repaired, catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. So even if you get in a pinch, you need help downloading Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB. You can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash MLB. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Raiders your first listen every single day. On Tuesday's show, I'll be talking about how sustainable Dane Dunning's success is. The Raiders take on the A's this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, we've talked a lot about different players missing time, and I think that uh, I should have started this episode with the most significant contribution the Rangers have gotten back on the team. Eric Nadell is back in the broadcast booth, and I am so incredibly happy for him. This is the first game he called was on a Friday. Of course, it comes in the middle of a Rangers win streak, and the Rangers are 3-0 with Eric Nadell back in the booth. Good to see him back there. Good to see him, you know, finally back in the booth, driving different places, hearing him on the radio a couple of times this week. Actually, during parts of all three games this weekend was was great to just turn on uh, the radio and hear Eric Nadell back in the booth calling Texas Rangers game, calling winning Texas Rangers game. In case you didn't know, Eric Nadell is the Radio Hall of Fame voice for the Texas Rangers. If you didn't know that, then um, welcome to Texas Rangers baseball. He has been out since the beginning of the season. He has been struggling with mental health issues, and he has been working on getting treatment, getting right, and feeling like he is fully ready to get back in the booth before he is back there. I am so glad that he has been outspoken about mental health and has been such an advocate for that and that he was able to get the help that he needed and, you know, work on himself and not feel pressured and not be pressured by the Rangers and just come back in whenever he was ready. He's ready now to come down the stretch with the Rangers and hopefully call some more playoff games for the Texas Rangers because it's looking like that is going to be the case. But the Rangers aren't going to have it easy on their way to the playoffs. We're going to see Josh Young, who is injured. He is just had the worst injury luck throughout his career and I am so incredibly pissed off at Jorge Soler for hitting that ball so stinking hard and breaking his thumb I know that wasn't necessarily his fault I mean it 
kind of was, but not necessarily. But still, Josh Young was in the middle of a rookie of the year. He was walking towards that rookie of the AL rookie of the year after his first two incredible months winning AL rookie of the year in the month of April and the month of May, back-to-back months. If he'd won it in June, the award would basically have been locked up. He had some struggles in the month of June, had a little bit of struggles in in July, but was really kind of turning it around, finding that home run stroke, looking a lot better, chasing a whole lot less, and finally working his first walk in 12 games, which was nearly a career-high streak. But he just keeps catching bad luck, and it freaking sucks for Josh Young. All these injuries that he's had, I swear, if I see one person label him as injury-prone, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. The three injuries that he's had the last three years have all been, you know, freak random things. There was the broken foot. Not something that is sustainable. It's going to, you know, keep hurting him over and over again. There was the shoulder injury when he was lifting weights. That caused him a lot of time last year. Otherwise, he would have been, you know, in the Rookie of the Year race last year with Julio Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman. This year, he gets to have the Rookie of the Year race and be the front runner. And he was healthy and an all-star, an all-star starter. He was having a great season, headed, getting ready to head to his first playoff chase, and now he has this stupid bad luck random injury to his freaking left thumb on a line drive of a double play. It just sucks. It just absolutely sucks, but no one's going to feel sorry for the Rangers. All these other teams have injuries, too. We've seen what the Astros have had to deal with their pitching staff and all their injuries. The Rangers have I'm going to stop saying the Rangers had good injury luck because it's not the case. For the first half of the season, kind of. But you lose Jacob deGrom for a year, maybe a year and a half. That can no longer be good injury luck. You lose Corey Seager for what will what has been two months-ish, basically, of the season. And he's been the best hitter on the planet when he's been on the field. <clears throat> That's not good injury luck. And the Rangers have just gotten a little lucky with a couple of different line drive, three different... Uh, I guess, instances, two two different line drives off of John Gray's arm and leg. Thankfully, he didn't miss any time. Looks like he looked like he was going to have a broken something on both those cases. He didn't miss any time. Thankfully, it looked like Adolis Garcia might be missing a lot of time when he got hit by that pitch the day, either the same day or the day after that John Gray got hit by that liner against the Rays. Thankfully, he hasn't missed um, any time. I don't think he's spent any time on the IL. Daniel Lowe's been healthy, too. Marcus Simeon is <clears throat> Mr. Iron Man and just does not miss any time ever, so that's nice. But still, the Rangers have not had good injury luck. They also had six weeks of an injured Lily Tavares, who ended up being a crucial part of this team. And even though that did let Travis Jankowski make the opening day roster and he went on to have a great season, the Rangers have no longer had good injury luck. Even even Nathan Eovaldi, who has been the ace, not that we expected, but the ace nonetheless of this staff was on pace to maybe be the Rangers first ever Cy Young winner. And then he goes down with a forearm injury. It's looking like he was initially scheduled to come back on Friday. He is feeling no pain, which is very nice. Like to see him feeling no pain at all, um, which is very exciting. Um, But I don't think he's going to be back on Friday. Like we initially thought, Um, but still, The Rangers have no longer had the good injury luck, but they are persevering and they have the team to suffer these injuries and keep going. Ezekiel Duran is going to be a huge part of this team. He has been a huge part of this team. He has had some real struggles in the month of July. He had a 518 OPS, which is really difficult to to reckon with the fact that he had an OPS of nearly double that 
in June. He had a 1,020 OPS in June. In May, he had a 921 OPS. In both of those months, in May and June, the Rangers were at their peak, um, or at least in the month of May they were. And in June, he was not a reason why they were struggling. So the Rangers are going to need a lot from Ezekiel Duran, but they are also getting reinforcements from the minor leagues. A guy getting called up who I did not expect in Jonathan Ornelas coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about him and why the Rangers have the depth to sustain these injuries and still make it to the playoffs and win the AL West, despite all this bad luck coming at the worst possible time. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Yep. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want when you navigate life, so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice, the easier it gets. If you're thinking about starting therapy, then you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time with no additional charge. Let therapy be your roadmap with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnMLB. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On Wednesday's show, I'll be talking about what Max Scherzer's ceiling is with the Rangers and how good he can be right now. The Rangers take on the A's this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the Rangers are calling up Jonathan Ornelas. I am so happy for that kid. He is probably not going to start every single day. He is more of an infield death piece, a super utility kind of guy, kind of like Josh Smith, but I trust him a little bit more in center field than I do Josh Smith. I think the everyday at-bats at third base are probably almost definitely going to go to Ezekiel Duran because he has the highest stealing with his bat. We have seen that, you know, when he is on his game, he is as good as almost any hitter in this lineup. I mean, he is incredibly dangerous in that number eight slot in the lineup if, if that's where he happens to be. I don't know if he's going to be hitting in the fifth slot or what they're going to do with this lineup with their number five and six hitters on the shelf. Jonah Heim, it seems like the initial most optimistic return was Jonah Heim coming back on Friday of this week. That was also when Nathan Evaldi's more optimistic return was um but Ivaldi is throwing he's ramping up his throws from um i believe it was from 50 to 90 feet and he is not feeling any pain so the rangers are just trying to get him stretched back out so that is definitely good news on the front of Ivaldi. we've got a a more a more optimistic rosy projection for jonah heim when they talked to their team doctor when jonah heim got back in town for this homestand so i'm thinking we'll definitely see jonah heim by the end of the year but if not they have mitch garver who is incredible depth and if he is your backup catcher which he has been the guys want a silver slugger and we've seen what he can do with his bat when he gets hot and he is heating up quite a bit when he is catching we talked about that on i believe it was friday show when when mitch garver is just hitting tank after tank as a catcher and you know second stepping up a little bit defensively as a pitch framer which he's shown bits and pieces of being able to be a decent pitch framer obviously not quite at the level of austin hedges but austin brett hedges is pretty much bringing a limp noodle to the plate offensively which is fine as a backup catcher but still you would rather have someone with that kind of power of of a uh, mitch garver in your lineup and an ezekiel duran as your 
plug in when your shorts your all-star shortstop goes down also you can plug him in at third base when your all-star third baseman goes down because we did see Corey Seager out on Sunday it was not a re-aggravation of that injury but it it seems like we're just going to have to see a more a, a day-to-day approach with Corey Seager he's not 100% fully healthy which I feel like we all kind of could have guessed that when he wasn't in the initial starting lineup on Wednesday's game and then just kind of talked himself in there, which is great for him to be able to do that. And then comes in and hits a home run his first at bat because it's Corey freaking Seager. So whenever he's healthy, he is obviously one of the biggest game changers in any lineup anywhere in all of baseball. And the Rangers are just going to have to sustain that depth. That's why why Josh Young, or Josh Smith, excuse me, is so important. Why Ezekiel Durant is so important by adding a little bit more infield depth with John Thornellis. That kind of gives them a little bit more cushion there. He is already on the 40-man roster, so nobody's going to have to get DFA'd or anything like that, in case you don't know much about John Thornellis. This is a third-round pick the Rangers had in 2018, drafted out of Raymond S. Kellis High School in Glendale, Arizona. He plays shortstop, third base, second base, center field, outfield, wherever the heck you want to put this kid. Not quite the IKF level of super-duper utility of catching as well. Rangers haven't tried that. They don't need to. But this kid can pick it at shortstop or at third base or even in center field. The bat is not what's going to impress you the most. Though he did have a really good offensive season in 2022 with Frisco as a 22-year-old. He had 580 plate appearances that season. 14 bombs, 20 doubles, hit just one point below 300. The on-base of 360, slugged 425, a 785 OPS that season. This year, the on-base is literally exactly where it was in Frisco this year he has been with AAA Round Rock 336 play appearances a 360 on base hitting just 350 and an OPS of 708 so the home run power has not quite been there as much this season against more advanced pitching but he is still picking it at shortstop and second base in third and center field he is a great clubhouse guy gets rave reviews is bilingual so a, another great you know merger between the Spanish, the Latin contingent, and the American contingent. The guy fits in well with everybody, gets just rave reviews about his makeup, is going to give you competitive at-bats, going to give you decent defense, going to be a great teammate, going to get on base. This is the kind of guy that everybody would love to have as their 26th man. If the Rangers didn't have Ezekiel Duran and Josh Smith, then I was pretty confident that Jonathan Ornelas was going to be in the big leagues at some point this season. I, I a bummer that it is because of a Josh Young injury, but I am happy for this kid who absolutely deserves to be a big leaguer. But I mean, this is the kind of depth that the Rangers have. And even if they didn't choose to go with Jonathan Ornelas, they still had Davis Wenzel. And um, there are some questions about maybe it would be Justin Foskey time, or maybe it would be um, Evan Carter time. I don't think that's necessarily the case, even though Evan Carter did just hit, I believe his 14th home run of the season on Sunday. And, and Foskey has been getting much better reviews about his defense, um, but his defense is nowhere near what Ezekiel Duran's will be at third base. I don't think his bat is near the levels of what Ezekiel Duran can bring offensively, what we've seen. I don't think that Justin Foskey is going to have any 1,000 OPS months um, in 20-plus games with the Rangers this season. I I just don't think that's going to happen, not only because I don't think he's going to get any tw- game or any months with 20-plus games in it, but I it just it's just not quite there the same as Ezekiel Durant. And you want those guys to get everyday at-bats in Evan Carter and Justin Foskey. And I don't think that either of those guys would be getting everyday at-bats right now unless you want to put Zeke Duran as your everyday third baseman and then call up Evan Carter right now just to kind of fortify this lineup from some regression. If you're thinking that 
you know you don't really want Travis Jankowski to be your everyday left fielder, then um, you might do that. But honestly, I don't know. It, it sounds insane to say, and it, it feels more insane to like truly believe it 100. But I don't know that Evan Carter is going to give you a whole lot more right now at the big league level than Travis Jankowski. So maybe my predictions of him being on this playoff roster, maybe they're a little bit premature. I mean, if Travis Jankowski keeps having a nearly 400 on base and with a slugging of nearly 400, I don't know that Evan Carter is necessarily going to do that. He might, he might do that, but you already know what you're getting in Travis Jankowski right now, who has been a big leaguer for a long time. Not that I think Evan Carter would be phased by being thrown to the big leagues. We saw what he did in spring training going up against big league pitchers and Bruce Bochy and the entire team raved about how this, you know, 20 year old kid was not phased going up against big leaguers and said, you know, I don't have any different approach against big leaguers. It's just other pitchers. Maybe they're a little bit better than the, the guys that I'm facing in double A or that I was facing in high A or that I would face in triple A or whatever, but they're just pitchers and I'm going to go out there and do the same thing and had pretty darn good results. So I don't think that we're going to, this means we're going to see Evan Carter. Obviously we've already gotten the news. Robert um, Murray, I believe is the one who broke it. I believe he works for fan sided. He was the one who first leaked Jonathan Ellis getting up, called up to the big leagues. I am so excited for this kid. I don't know how much he'll get to play, but um, the Rangers having a guy on their roster. He's, he's the only infielder really on their 40 man roster. That wasn't already at the big league level with Brad Miller being on the IL. Um, we'll see how long his injury lasts um, and what the Rangers do whenever he is, you know, not injured. I I don't know if we might not see Brad Miller again this season. This might just be a, a an injury that he just does not come back from, and you know, this season. And I I think that'd be okay for the Rangers. I think they can definitely survive a Brad Miller injury, but still happy for Jonathan Ornelas for for any kid who gets their big league call up, but. Right now, the offense is definitely hurting. You have your number five and six hitters who are both all-stars this year, all-star starters, and deserve it all-star starters, and Josh Young and Jonah Heim on on the shelf right now. And we'll see what Jonah Heim looks like offensively whenever he comes back. We might see him before we see Josh Young, and he's going to swing uh, only left-handed at first when Jonah Heim comes back. So we're going to have a lot, a lot of Mitch Garver as well, which is good that Mitch Garver is healthy, I think, I was really critical of the Rangers for not using him a whole lot early on in the season, but that has kept him fresh, and we've seen what he can do when he's fresh. He's still only played 40 games to this point. Maybe it's maybe it's 41, because I don't think Baseball Reference has included the most recent game the Rangers played on Sunday yet, but he's got an 831 OPS um, heading into Sunday's game. Having that as your backup catcher, a guy who's got a silver slugger under his belt, that is a huge thing for the Rangers. Jonah Heim is so incredibly important to this team. They need to get him back for the playoffs. They need Josh Young back for the playoffs so you can throw Ezekiel Duran in left field and have that lineup have both Mitch Garver and Jonah Heim's bats. And maybe by that time, Mitch Garver will be so hot that it won't matter that he's DHing because we talked ex- extensively about his splits of catching versus DHing and how much different he is offensively. Um, but still, the Rangers need this depth. This is why you go out and you get this depth. This is why people who were, you know, just 
so mad about seeing Mitch Garver still on this team and why, why haven't the Rangers just DFA'd him? Why haven't the Rangers just cut him or trade him or whatever? This is why you have guys like um, like Mitch Garver and like Ezekiel Duran and like Josh Smith because all those guys are going to have important roles to play for the Rangers heading down this stretch. And the Rangers need every single last guy on this 26-man roster. And they're going to need the starting pitching to step up as well. And for the most part, they have. We've seen good starts from Jordan Montgomery. We've seen a quality start from Max Scherzer. We've seen Nathan Eovaldi, um, whenever he's healthy, be great. The Rangers are going to need him to be great whenever he comes back, which we'll see what that is. But John Gray has definitely had his moments as well. And, and it seems like Andrew Heaney is, is taking it to another level. He had a scoreless outing again on Sunday where the Rangers just shut out the Fishes five and two-thirds innings. He was absolutely cruising in this one. And then, like it often happens, once you get the third time through the order, Andrew th- things for Andrew Heaney started to fall apart a little bit. But Chris Stratton was able to come in there and just really take all the drama out of that. Holy, the clerk was able to come in and in a low leverage situation, pitch incredibly well. And Martin Perez in his first bullpen stint for the Rangers, at least this year. I don't think he had any previous bullpen outings in his first tenure with the Rangers. But after an all-star season, when he got relegated to the bullpen, comes in, pitches a scoreless ninth inning with a six-run lead. Absolutely zero drama from him. And if we do see you know, Andrew Heaney start to regress a little bit. He said that he found something mechanically against Houston, which is why he's been so good the last couple of starts. I think also facing a White Sox team that was completely hapless. And by the end of this series, it looked like the Marlins, from their body language, they also looked incredibly defeated and just ready to go home because the Rangers tattooed their reigning Cy Young winner for three home runs, even though for the most part, Sandy Alcantara looked pretty decent outside of, again, those three home runs that he gave up. But this team is clicking on all cylinders, and even though they're not getting the best injury luck, they're actually getting really rotten, crappy injury luck. This team is deep. It is talented. It is looking like they are finding their footing at the exact right time. They head to freaking Oakland on a six-game winning streak while the Astros are heading into Baltimore to take on those red-hot Orioles. Maybe the Rangers can gain themselves some ground, give themselves a little bit of breathing room, not having a half-game lead in the division, up to two and a half games at this point as of this recording. It's a nice place to be, especially when you're heading in against the Oakland A's. You need to take at least two out of three, maybe take all three, head in with a nine-game winning streak to the other side of the bay against a very good San Francisco Giants team and a reunion for old Bruce Bochy with his former team. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.